Good morning, Oklahoma Christian Church. How are we today? We good? Hey, good morning, you guys online as well. Thank you for coming out in the cold and joining us this morning. It's going to get warm in here. We're talking about a topic that I'm a little bit passionate about, and uh, I think you will be too, hopefully, by the end of this thing. What we're talking about in this series about make it awesome. What does it take for you to have a life that's made awesome? Like, how, how can we help you make it a better life, an awesome life? Like, what, what would change your life to make it better in a way that's worth living? And, uh, to, and we've talked about a variety of different things, but I want to ask you to start out with this question. We'll start right out with it for you to be thinking about it. Have you ever got the chance to experience, I mean, personally, experience sitting across from someone, talking with them, sharing with them about Jesus, and then them get it? Have you ever, has God ever given you that gift where you've been able to share the good news of Jesus and then, then in that moment, or, or maybe through many conversations, it clicks. God can forgive me. Jesus came to die for me. He rose again and lives, and now I get to be with him forever. Like those, those moments in time, if you, if you ever had a chance, I'm telling you today, if God ever gives you that choice, and if you ever choose to help others find and follow Jesus and walk them through that, there is something that is so awesome and special about that moment. There's something so special about walking with someone and helping them find and follow Jesus. There is something awesome about it. And I want to help you figure out how to get there. So, So if you've never maybe had that experience, when is the last time maybe you shared the good news of Jesus with somebody that was far from Christ? Or maybe when was the last time that you invited someone to church? If, if it feels a little bit of like a, ah, it's been a while, or maybe never, you're not alone. Uh, here's a couple uh, surveys. Uh, J- Jesus Film Ministries asked 1,600 Christians this question. It says, uh, why, why do you not share your faith with others? And six out of 10 said fear. The reason why they don't share with others, the majority of the reason why people don't share with others is they had fear. Fear of people uh, not liking them, fear, fear of rejection, of hostility, fear of shyness from, from themselves, being shy, fear of, of being awkward, looking crazy, looking weird, like just fear that this is going to go well, fear that I might push someone away. Fear. Lifeway research. Uh, ask this question to another group of Christians is, how, how many times have you personally invited an unchurched person to attend a church service or some other program at your church? Like, how, how many times? And five out of 10 church attendees said, never. Never have. They've never asked anybody, hey, you, you wanna come to church with me? Hey, 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 friend, hey, coworker, hey, hey, man, I... I'd love for you to come join me this Sunday. I'm going to church, man. You would love what you would encounter there. I think you'd really, man, you, it's something special, something awesome there. You, you really ought to come. Five out of 10, never. And yet, Dr. Thomas with the Unchurched Next Door, a book and research that he accomplished, he found this to be true, that seven out of 10 unchurched people have never been invited to church in their whole life. That seven out of 10 people currently never have entered the doors of church, have never even been invited to, to come and be with us. 
the empty seats next to you, not just because of COVID, the other ones, right? right? I mean, this is, this is a reality. And, and you got to ask yourself, and I invite you to ask personally, well, what is going on? Why is that the case? What's going on that's making us not invite? What's going on to make us not share? What's making us not have the awesome opportunity to watch someone just get it and, and realize that Jesus came for them? What, what stops us from sharing? Well, this is what it made me think of. Um, in, in this wrestle of fear and, and whether or not people are um, uh, more concerned about what other people think of them than necessarily what they're trying to get accomplished with sharing the good news of Jesus. Like, what is it that's, that's causing you to maybe uh, not share? And it made me think about this. Um, do, do you remember when you were maybe a new believer? Do you remember when you first realized for yourself Jesus loves me, like the God of the universe, the one that made all things, like, like he cares about me, like that, that moment that he hears my prayers, that he saved me, like he forgave me, and you were so just anxious and excited about that, that you didn't really care about what other people thought. You were so enamored by the reality of that God loves you, that, that you were so boastful about what he did for you, that you would go out and share with people, and you just go tell them, hey, listen, this is who Jesus did for me, like you've got to know about this, and it made me think about, in Revelation, to talk about the first love. Have you lost the first love for Jesus? And it made me think about me and my wife. Uh, so this past uh, weekend, uh, January 31st, uh, my, my wife and I celebrated uh, our dating anniversary. Even though we've been married for 15 years this June, uh, 20 years ago was our first date. And so every year on our dating anniversary, we go out on a date. And we did it right this time. We went out on a date, and it was awesome. And, and so 20 years ago, uh, it's, it's a time on these times we go out, it's time to remember what it was like when we first fell in love. That the sparks, the interest, the intrigue, the man, I'm just so captivated by you. That, that, that drive that you had, where they were just the center of your world and you only focused on them. Like we try to remember those times. And, and so uh, 20 years ago, I, I took her out on a Fine. I knew I was going to be with her forever, so I was like, "Man, only the best for you." So, Dairy Queen, here we come. So, I took her, took her to Dairy Queen, and I, I you know, and, and, and then I remember, like, just a year after that, like, I was still enamored by this girl, and and so much so, you, you know, I chose to do things that maybe, um, maybe I wouldn't if I had thought through a different, you know, filter. Like, so, so here was my filter. I was so proud to be with this girl. Like, I was a dork, I'm a dork, and she was incredible, is incredible. And so, like, I was just like, dude, I want everybody to know she's mine. Like, I'm all, like, I want everybody to know. So I had this idea um, to, to I don't, I'll just show it to you. I had this idea of uh, buying a T-shirt that um, had uh, me, me and my wife on there that said, uh, being with you makes my life complete with a picture of me and her that I would wear as a freshman in college in an all-guys dorm. This is what I wore. I walked around with this on, and I bought her a matching shirt that looks just like it. <laughs> not kidding. And I kept it all these years. Now, you really look at that, and you go, this dude is crazy. What is wrong with him? And, and the I'm going to cover that up. So, but, but the thing is, it's like I was so proud of who I was with. I didn't care. My filtration process didn't think, hey, this might make you get made fun of. Like, I didn't think that way. I just was in love. And I just wanted everybody to know it. And it made me think, like, if I'm willing to wear a shirt, a dorky shirt, like that for my wife, or it was my, the time was with my girlfriend. 
because she was the most important relationship I had on this planet. How much more so should it be for us to be willing to look crazy and being willing to let everybody know about the most important relationship that you have? And that's your relationship with Jesus. If we're willing to be and do crazy things, I don't know what you've done for love, but if you're willing to do crazy things for love, then why is it that if we love Jesus, we're not willing to be willing to take a chance for him? A passage that really brings this to light for me is something that we actually talked about about six months ago. Fitz preached on it, but it's so true to what we're trying to talk about and the idea of serving and sharing others and bringing them to know a, a, a relationship with Jesus. It's, it's this Mark 2, 1 through 5. And so I'm going to read this together with us. This, this takes place with Jesus. Jesus was here on earth 2,000 years ago. Um, it was early on in his ministry, and uh, it was him going to this really uh, kind of podunk town, think, think country, think, you know, I got some redneck country music playing in the background, tracker starting up. You're kind of getting the feel and the setting of it. Think, I don't know, Bullet County. So um, I'm I lived there, I'm allowed to say. So anyways, but this is where it's taking place. And this is in a home there in this country town of Capernaum. So when Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. He was back in town. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. Okay, so you're getting the scene. You're getting kind of set up. You're seeing this room, it's packed. All right, Jesus is in there, he's preaching. This is what's going on. Small country town. And then there was these four guys. These four guys showed faith in a way that was so amazing that, that Jesus was, was drawn in and forgiving them for it. Like this was an amazing faith. And this is the, this is the illustration, the example I want us to think through here today. And it's, it's this. While Jesus was preaching God's word to them, four men, these four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. So, so these four guys were, were carrying a mat with their, their buddy on it. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. They got stuck. There were so many people in the way. So they dug a hole. They got up on the roof, as any good redneck would, and and then above Jesus' head, and they they dug a hole. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. This is what I love about this. You gotta bring yourself back to this time place. When you're thinking about what does this have to do with me sharing the good news of Jesus with others, my neighbors, et cetera. What, is, what does this have to do with me and unbelievers? What, what does it have to do with you? And, and what I love about it is that Jesus saw the faith of these men and what they did for their buddy. And, and this, is what he, this is why he included it in God's word. This is why he was showing is that Jesus has the ability to forgive and he, is, he loves the faithfulness to bring someone to him. And so this idea of us bring someone to the feet of Jesus and so when you're, when you're thinking about this story, I want you to think about, here's, here's four guys with a paralyzed man. Now, back at this time period, 2,000 years ago, a paralyzed man was a death sentence. All right, people, they were castaways and outcasts. They were considered those that were left aside. They, they practically should be dead because they couldn't care for themselves. They couldn't feed themselves. They couldn't do anything for themselves. And so basically, they had to rely on everyone else to do anything for them. And so here you have these four friends all grabbing a corner, and walking with this paralyzed guy through the streets. It would look kind of crazy. And, and then for them to run into all the crowd and go, hey, what do you think we should do? I don't know, let's get on the roof. And so they, they get on the roof and they're like, hey, what's your breaking entering laws around here? Oh, it's good, okay, it's light. So they dig into the roof to make a hole to drop their buddy down. I mean, this is a story of four guys doing whatever it took to get their buddy who needed Jesus, give it to him. 
How can I get my buddy to Jesus? And this is the first thing I think we should learn from this story. The first thing we should grab hold of in this story is this. We have a crazy calling as Christians. There's a crazy calling on your life. Like God has placed a calling on your life, a purpose and a plan for you while you're here on this earth. While you're still breathing, there's a plan. And this is his plan. It's a crazy one, but but it's a plan. So so it, it doesn't matter whether or not you are rich or poor, Republican, Democrat. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert, extrovert. This is the calling that God has on your life. And we like to summarize it in this way. It's to help everyone find and follow Jesus. If you take the Great Commission, Jesus saying, I have all authority, heaven and earth is mine. And he's telling his disciples that, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Like, you, you are to go and help everyone find and follow Jesus. Like, this is the mission in your life. This is why you exist. This is part of why you're still breathing, is to go and do and share and serve and carry bodies to the feet of Jesus. That's part of the calling in your life. And so the first question you have to ask yourself is, if that is my mission, is to be carrying others to Christ, then who are you carrying to Jesus? Who, who is it that you are, are going towards and you're bringing towards and who's with you? Like, what, who's on your mat? Like, all of us should have a hand on the mat. Like, all of us should have a, a mat near us where we're taking somebody who is lost and f- far from God and carrying them towards Jesus. So the question is, who's, who's on our mat? Is it empty? It shouldn't be. Because this is the mission for your life. This is what makes it awesome. And it's not just that. Once you've embraced that this is your mission, this is why you live, where you live, work, where you work, are friends with who you're friends with and is the family member of who your family member's with, and you realize that God has something to do with all of that, and you embrace the mission in your life to go and do that, the next thing he's calling you to do is to get crazy creative. Like, like it is your responsibility and your mission is to get crazy creative. Like these four guys, they, they walked in and they got stonewall. They got their buddy on the mat, that's great. But then they walked towards Jesus and then there's all kinds of barriers in the way between him and Jesus. And this is the reality for all of us. When we're trying to walk someone towards Jesus. The reality is, is there's all kinds of barriers and, and, and things trying to stop us from getting there. There's battles that are happening. There's, there's problems between them and Jesus, you and Jesus, and you're trying to help them get there. And in order to get to Jesus, a lot of times you gotta get creative, like crazy creative. Like this idea of you'll do anything short of sin to help your friends get to the feet of Jesus. And I love the way that Paul put it. So, so Paul was talking to a church of Corinth like us, and he was trying to explain to them how he does evangelism. Like, how does he share the good news of Jesus and what Jesus did in dying for the sins? Like, how does he help those who are far from God come near to God? Like, what do you do, Paul? Like, what's your, what's your thing, man? Like, what's your five-step plan? Like, what do you do? He says, well, I get creative. Let me show you how. In 1 Corinthians 9, 20 here, he says this. This is Paul speaking. He says, when I was with the Jews, I, I live like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. Now, when you hear the Jew, I'm thinking, like, think different nationality, think different religion, think different political belief, think just different views on life, think different habits and things they do for fun. This is just what they do. And he's saying, when I'm with them, I join in, all right? Short of sin, but I join in. And, and when I was, to bring them to Christ, I live like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under the law, like he 
He did some things he didn't have to do. He put himself in situations he didn't have to be in. But he did it to bring the Jews to Christ. So even, even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who were under the law. But when, I was with, when I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law. So I can bring them to Christ. All right, now, now get this. So he's saying, all right, when I'm hanging out with these guys who happen to be you know, from a different country, they happen to be of a different political persuasion. They happen to be from, they have different things they like to do for fun. Like, I'll come over and sit with them, join with them, I'll be with them. Like, I'll, I'll go eat with them, I'll go hang with them. And listen, if it's not sin, I'll participate. If you're into that and it's not sin, hey, I'm cool, I'll come and join. They come, he would go and be a part of what they were a part of. And then if you were Gentiles, and you're saying, man, it's a completely different group of folks, I would go and be a part of them. I would creatively become chameleon into what they're into, legitimately, sincerely, so I could help them find Jesus. But get this, but I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. So the thing is, is like we get creative, but we don't get creative into sin. Like when we're going to hang with folks, we get creative on trying to help them know Jesus, but we don't go to the point where we sin in order to do it. All right, we will do everything short of sin to help you find and follow Jesus, but we're not gonna sin for it. All right, and then it goes on to this. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. And this is the this is if you're going to memorize anything today, if there's a passage that you haven't memorized anything for a while, the second part of verse 22. This is one of those life verses you can just hang on to that as you're going out throughout your day, as you're engaging with people, as you have your normal daily activities and who you're engaging with, it's this. Yes. I try, I try, this is creativity. I try to find common ground. Like, like I know it's hard, but I'm gonna try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. Like e- even those people, right? Like, yes, I will, I am going to try to find common ground. And let's, let's go ahead and say this last verse together, okay? We're gonna start with, with yes on the slide before. We're going to start with the, with the word yes here, okay? And then we're going to read this together, all right? It's this. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. If there's any way you can get that stuck in your head, if that could be the way you live, that would be awesome. You want to make your life awesome? Have an ambition that's so driven that when you encounter someone who's far from Christ, you're willing to do whatever it takes, short of sin, to help them find Jesus. You're willing to get creative. You're willing to do whatever you can to find common ground. All right, so, so the question is, if, if you've got somebody, you, if you've agreed to the mission, and now you've got somebody on your mat, you're trying to drag them or carry them to Jesus, and the question is, are you getting creative? Are you digging? See, see are, you, are you digging into them? Are you getting to know them? Are you, are you striving to find common ground? Like, like are, you, are you trying to get to know them? Are you trying to lovingly care for them? Are you, are you trying to? Like, I know they could be difficult, but are you trying to find common ground with them? And I know some of you right now are going, yeah, Brian, that's great, okay? That's, that's cool for your normal guy, all right? But I got crazy up in my family. Like, there is like, like I, got those, I got those coworkers, I got those neighbors that like, they are far from Jesus. Like, if I had to carry them to Jesus, I need a pack mule because they are far from Jesus, right? Like they are, this is not an easy trip. 
Like I've got to take them dragging, kicking and screaming to get anywhere near Jesus. They're that far. Okay, so you're telling me that I need to do whatever it takes to get them to Jesus. Well, let me be sincere with you about my own personal journey. So this is the most recent evangelical opportunity I had, somebody that I wanted to share Jesus with, okay? This is my buddy, picture of me and my buddy Matt here. So uh, this is me, this is about five and a half years ago. Um, this is me with my brother-in-law. This is my wife's brother, all right? And his name is Matt. Uh, so this is me and him. Uh, we've known each other for years. He knew me before I was following Jesus. He knows me now that I am. And, and in college, we used to do this thing that we called uh, spiritual profiles. The idea is if you really dig into somebody and get to know them, you can start to kind of see where they are versus where they need to be. So you know how far the trip is gonna be to get them to Jesus, right? So you kind of say, okay, I'm gonna like, how, let's compare here what's going on, all right? So this is our current situation. And I want you to remember, we're trying to find common ground here. All right, that's our goal, right? We're gonna get creative, try to find common ground. Here's the reality. All right, I'm 36 years old, he's 39 years old. I'm a minister, he's an atheist, professing atheist contractor. I study the Bible. He studies conspiracy theories a lot. I believe he's created by God, that we all are. Everything was created by God. He believes we were placed here by aliens, ancient aliens, but I'll explain that more in a second. I like to wear my wife on a t-shirt for fun. He likes to smoke and drink and really do some crazy stuff for fun. I think mine's more fun. Anyways, uh, he, he, I like to live for Jesus. I try to live for Jesus. And he thinks religion is government made. Um, I like to use Amazon. He thinks Alexa is a government spy. I like to use Google. He thinks Google is a government spy. So after three hours of our conversation, over Christmas, this is when I was meeting with him. Um, this, is, this is the list of things that we were discussing and trying to figure out. So I'm going, Where, Lord, I'm digging. Like, I'm trying to find, like, what, how am I supposed to share Jesus with this guy? Like, where do you start? And this is what was cool about the story. So, so me and him, were digging into it. And what I love about Matt is that he cares. And um, out of the three hours of our conversation, two and a half hours, easy, was only him speaking. And you know I talk a lot, if you hadn't noticed. So I'm just asking questions. I'm digging and digging and digging. Oh, really? How did you come to that conclusion? Where did you find that? What made you think that? When did you start doing that? Oh, really? What, what, where did that come from? When did it begin? What does that mean now? Where is that going in the future? Like, how confident are you in that? And the guy had an amazing amount of faith. It was faith in some things that were, I don't know how he got there. But I try, like, I'm trying to understand, like, dude, what is this? But here's the thing. He loved evidence Science, he loved diving and discovery, and he loved evangelizing his point of view. At the end of three hours, I looked at him, I said, dude, you'd make a great preacher. And he looked at me like, what? I was like, look, man, you've been studying like ancient manuscripts, and you try to tell everybody you meet that they're wrong in their point of view and that they need to go to where truth is. I was like, goodness, bro, we doing the same thing. And he went, huh, I think you're right. I said, all right, let's do something fun. I was like, you love this stuff, I love this stuff. I'm interested, you're interested. I got a two and a half hour debate between William Lane Craig, a Christian apologist, and Christopher Hitchens, a world-renowned atheist. Two and a half hours of them presenting evidence to each other about why they think either God exists or God doesn't. Are you in? He goes, yeah, man. Now, so here's the thing. I encountered what he craved. He was hungry for it. And did you know that William Lane Craig presents the entire gospel during his debates? 
He shares about cosmological arguments and teleological arguments and all these things you don't have to worry about. But he shares all these arguments for the evidence for God. And in that, he shares about the workings of the Holy Spirit, morality, sin, and how Jesus came to die for you. Like he shares the whole gospel story in the two and a half hours. So here's the thing is he was sitting there listening to it and he heard the whole gospel and he got finished with it and he knew he had to respond to me based on what he thought of it. And he came back, he said, wow, I didn't know there was that much there. Then he said, I think there should have been a third debater, one on ancient aliens. Look, so for, look, I, I drugged that boy on that mat. I went up to that roof and I dug a hole somewhere and I delivered him to the feet of Jesus and he wants an ancient alien. You can't help that. Like I'm sharing this because it doesn't always work. It's not like in the moment he was just like, oh, thank you, let's get baptized. Like it wasn't, I love that. That didn't happen. It doesn't happen a lot of times. And I want you to think that maybe this happens. But listen, well, I was obedient to the mission. I drug his butt all the way to the roof, dug a hole and dropped him down to Jesus. Like that's, that is what I am here to do. And it's fun, even if he's still trying to figure out a way. And the thing is, is like we came down to it and I said this, man. We, yes, we gotta have, a, we understand we have a crazy mission. We've been a, a crazy calling on our life to go share the good news of Jesus. And we gotta get crazy creative. You gotta find a way in conspiracy theories and somehow find a way to find common ground. But we also have to go all the way to Christ. Like you gotta have a crazy conversation to Christ. A lot of us as Christians, I'm afraid, we can love people. We can open doors for people. We can be kind to people. We won't cuss at them most of the time. We're like, we're nice to people. Like we, we can be friends and coworkers. We can, we can be friendly to our neighbors. We can do those friendly, nice things. We can be a nice person, but we never drop them through the roof and deliver them to actual Jesus. We stop short. We, we don't actually get to Christ. We, we never actually get to sharing the good news of Jesus. We didn't actually say Jesus out loud. They never actually know that Jesus is the most important relationship in your life. They don't actually know what Jesus actually did or accomplished. They don't even, they don't even know. And, and so here's the reality, Romans 10. This is Paul talking about it in a different way. He says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's, that's awesome. But, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? How can they hear about them unless someone tells them? How can anyone go and tell them without being sent? You're being sent. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet? Like to me, this is like, how awesome is the life of those who bring the good news? You gotta take them all the way to Jesus. So here, here's... If you're looking here today and you're going, okay, Brian, I get it. I get that that's what God wants for me. All right, I'm not necessarily happy about it, but I get that's what he wants for me. And I get getting creative. Like I realize I just gotta get creative. I gotta ask a lot of questions. I gotta dig, gotta find common ground. But practically, Brian, like what's the steps you go through to try to share the good news with somebody? How it's the steps you go through to try to help someone really like have that moment where they go, ah, God is like, he saved me and I wanna be saved and I wanna be baptized. I, I want to do that. Like what's the steps? Here's my steps. It's not rocket science here. It's just the way I do it. And I'll tell you, I'm, it's just, I've shared it before, but this is it. So I do it by memorizing the first letters of each of these words, B-R-B-C-P. I remember it by saying, big red bears consume people. Okay. You do it your way. I'm a dork. That's just what I do. So 
Every time I think big red bears consume people, and I remember B, so I just remember these letters, and then I remember the words. So that's just the way I do it. So, um, and, and it's this pattern as well. Now, here's, here's what, this is what I want to help you with. If you're trying to do this, um, and you try to tell them that they're a sinner and that they, that they are going to hell, um, you're telling them to repent before they ever believed. It's like telling me that I'm going to be guilty of something, and I don't believe that they actually exist. That, you, you can't repent until you actually believe that there's a God. That you can't, it makes no sense to get baptized if you don't believe that there's a God. It makes no sense to confess to a God you don't believe is there. And much less persevere in something that you're not even following. So, so here's, here's my pattern is that my goal in the common ground is to find a way to help them realize that God is real. That there is a creator of the universe. I mean, Romans talks about it this way. It says, you know, that, that that the way, all the way God works in all of creation, that no man has an excuse. Like God's creation screams that there's a designer, that there's a creator. And so every time I share with them, I go, hey, listen, there, let, let me help you think through how did we get here? What was here before we were here? Where are we going when we're not here? Like, like what's your perspective on how all things came to be? Like, are, did, were you goo that went to the zoo and then became you? Like, is that, is, that your, is that how you got here? Is that your purpose? Is that your plan? And then you're just gonna... I'll die off in like a big sun blow up one day. Like, like what's your perspective on what we're doing? Like having those questions. Because for me, if I can get you to believe that there may be a creator of all things, a timeless, spaceless, immaterial, powerful creator, then I can introduce you to who he is, what he wants from you, the Bible that he gave us, how you sinned, how you need forgiveness, how Jesus accomplished that, how he died and rose again, and that you can be forgiven and with him forever. But, but I got to start with a common ground. Can I help you believe that there's a God? And that's what I did with Matt. And that's what I challenge you to do as well. Recognize your crazy calling. Get crazy creative. And then have the conversation all the way to Christ. Here's the action plan for you. Choose Jesus. You hear all of this, and maybe you today have been dropped at the feet of Jesus. And you believe in God, but, but you're now at a place where you're going to choose to follow him and make him your personal Lord and Savior. We would love to walk you through that today. We have decision counselors that will be out at the Info Center online. We'll have a link for you that you could talk with somebody about what it means to follow Jesus, to choose Jesus. Two is to serve and share Jesus like crazy. I know it looks crazy. All right, as a guy who wears a T-shirt with my wife on it, like I, it's crazy. And I get following Jesus and serving and sharing Jesus is crazy. But that is your mission. That's your commission. And the last thing is to invite, invite, those, invite others to church without the movie tickets. We're, we got this next week. The series is made for you to be able to share with your friends. And, and listen, Fitz and JC, they will dress up in whatever outfit it takes for you to feel comfortable and fun enough that maybe, just maybe, you might invite someone to come here and find and follow Jesus. It's, it's what we do. We'll get creative. We'll do whatever it takes, short of sin, to help others find and follow Jesus. Um, so, so here's the thing. is like, So you're thinking about this mission. You're thinking about what we're trying to do. And, and for me, it's a, it's a reality of, how did, Brian, does this even work? I mean, does, I mean come on. Does it, does it even work? Today, we have five baptisms getting ready to take place. 
Schifffahrt. Our buddy Ian over here, he, uh, he struggled with uh, believing that Jesus could actually forgive him. Been there? We all have, buddy. But in struggling with this idea of forgiveness and the reality that he can be forgiven, he shared in that conversation with his wife, Brittany, and their son, Isaac. And they decided to join him here today to be baptized with him. And then we have Kelly and McKenna. And what I love about Kelly and McKenna is that Kelly was invited to OCC by a next door neighbor. And that now Kelly is not only choosing to follow Jesus in her own life, but she's got her daughter with her, McKenna. Because somebody invited her to church. I'm gonna pass it on over to Mark to baptize this awesome two families. I'm just gonna challenge you to consider how can you help everyone find and follow Jesus? All right, step up here, Ian. You're good. Ian's a little nervous. I don't blame him, but I told him this is a family. You guys aren't looking at him with judgment or anything. You're looking at him in love to be adopted into the family of God and this church family. And so uh, this is Isaac and Brittany and Kelly and McKenna. I'm going to have them repeat their confession of faith, and then we'll baptize. Let's do it together. You ready? I believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, and I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. Awesome. Ian's going first. (laughs) So... Like Brian said, he struggled a little bit with, with this idea that God could could actually forgive him for some of the things that he says he's done. And so I gave him a journal, and he wrote down in there everything that he thinks God couldn't forgive him of. I just want you to drop that in the water, because that, that's gone. That's staying here today. That that doesn't follow him. When you, when you walk out of here, you walk out a free man. You walk out guilt-free, shame-free. Those things don't control you anymore. It's because of your confession, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. (laughs) He's going to baptize Brittany. Let's turn the other way here so they can see you. There you go. Brittany, it's because of that confession. He's going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) All right, Isaac. Right up here, bud. You ready? All right, it's because of that confession. He's going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There you go. Good. (laughs) All right, Kelly. Come on up here. So this is Kelly. And she's been coming uh, several months. She was invited by her neighbor. Just what Brian was talking about. And she wants to give her life to Christ and just kind of start a, a fresh start with her and her daughter. And so it's that confession of faith that I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And she's going to baptize McKenna. Come on up here where they can see you. All right. McKenna, it's because of that confession that your mom now baptizes you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Hey, if you if you want to talk to somebody about what it means to walk out of here free, to have your sins forgiven, to become a new creation, please let us know. If you're online, you can let us know on the Connect card, or you can click the link that's at the end of service. If you're in person, you can stop by the Guest Connect, and we'd love to talk to you and help you find and follow Jesus with us. Let's go, guests.